1: ...to allow it enter new markets as the African...
2: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax.
1: Continental Free Trade Area Agreement kicks in this July. According to the Managing Director of the company, Ejinim Wating, the Continental Free Trade Agreement holds huge potential for Ghanaian businesses and adding value to products produced from Ghana. Take a listen to him speak to Joy Business.
4: So the value addition. It is something which all of us must embrace. Coming into force, the African Trade Commission that is coming, which will rather give advantage to local producers against like other. By the time, maybe July, August, that we would have we would have gone through these teaching progress processes, and then we would rather will have. So, if now your product is there, your product matches the international, it is within the certified certificates. That means. China is the winner. And here also, we envision to what is coming. I've got all levels of the certificates. So to the Arab country to any... You have the HALA certificate of have
1: it. You had Nanai managing director of the Cocoa Processing Company. Now, roses, chocolates, red candles, uh, slow jams, do these ring a bell? Well, it does for Selwyn Ofori, who is just across me from the studio. It's Valentine's Day, and as the world celebrates this day of love, we explore your spending culture, and we give you more reason to be part of the love experience at the Labadi Beach Hotel. Yes, our business journal for today, we looks at your spending culture. Listen. It
5: is a seizing of love, a time when memories are made. It's Valentine
6: love,
5: All over the world, the 14th of February Is a day when people show the affection for one another By sending cards, flowers or chocolates with messages of love As the culture of Valentine peaks So does the business and spending patterns that come with it But here lies the question what are you willing to spend on this Valentine? Well, I set out on the streets of Accra with my colleague Alberto BC to find out. Flowers uh, depict how much or uh, the degree of love you feel for the person.
4: I, I think, Val's Day, if you should purchase the tabando for a lady, it's not something so I mean special. If I should give you um, ten thousand Ghana cedis and then uh, a flower, which which of them would you go for as the cash? So the ten thousand Ghana cedis. I don't
7: really think like Valentine's Day is about like you know someone you love and someone you're in a relationship with. So it shouldn't be about like material things like cash or like groceries or anything. And I think like events are just like a nice thing to do to get to know someone or like just spend time with someone. Okay. I would go for groceries, definitely.
6: Def-
4: Why?
7: I don't know. They could,
6: you could put more thought behind it than anything else, maybe. And that's what Valentine's Day is all about. Advance would be my second choice, definitely. You know, doing nothing with someone's pretty nice, I would say. Yeah, if you like that person, yeah. <laughs> I'm
7: not the type who really likes
8: surprises or something. I just want to go out, spend
5: on my own, and then
4: that's all. Nothing really. <laughs>
5: As the season of love intensifies, business and corporate bodies are cashing in. Boy Clue Jackson is a production manager in charge of confectionery at the Cocoa Processing Company. The occasion calls for red. So we've shifted our attention from the normal colour, blue, which
9: is the packaging colour, to red. And that is to tell the people that we are in the mood we are in the uh, February 14th mode. Currently, everything that we make uh, this uh, goes to the stores, and,
5: and uh, we have patronage
8: increasing.
5: With loads of events happening across the streets and highways, you may be spoiled for choice on the best place you could relax with that special person and have value for money. Here at Joy Affair, we call it the love experience. Everything is ready. We're just here Here is so head of talk, entertainment, and, and religious programs for Joy Brands and m So we are very ready. The evening of every Valentine event, events, events are out there. So many events out there. Why should anyone choose? the live experience
6: if you really want to experience what love is that this is where you have to be i mean apart from the artists the food and the drinks we have a lot of surprises things that will make you just keep falling in love with your partner again and you will have to be there and this is joy multimedia at 25 putting this together you don't want to miss that experience for anything Come me, tickets are selling very fast um, You can still get tickets here at Joy FM. We have a few left So the number is 0243-430-337
5: 0243-430-337 But one more thing How much is too much when it comes to spending on Valentine's Day? how much is too much i i don't know really for
6: somebody on saturday i would want to continue and i would love it if you know my my husband just stays home with me probably plays some very good love tunes for me to listen to. he makes time and you know say some very nice things to you i mean you you propel me to love you the more (laughs)
5: This year, consumers around the world are anticipated to spend a record total of $27.4 billion, according to data released by the Retail Federation of the United States. So, if you're feeling the pressure to get your significant other the perfect gift for Valentine's Day, it may be likely because of the commercialization of the holiday which has been intensified. For Joy Business, I'm Charles Aite.
1: No pressure, just show love. Happy vows there, everyone. My name is Darrell Carr. Thanks for listening. More news on our website, myjoyonline.com forward slash business. And a happy anniversary to the multimedia group as we celebrate 25 years of media excellence. The locker room is up next. Stay tuned. Tally,
5: where are you? Man. I'm at the bangle. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank or my phone, Charlie? Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile App, I can do everything, anywhere,
4: anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid my school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Walwale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank Mobile App from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank
5: manager. Manager,
9: manager.
5: Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, send money across Ghana, or bought and more, Echobank Mobile app has got it covered. Echobank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Echobank way. Echobank, the Pan-African bank.
3: For all your sports news, in the locker room.
10: Hello, I'm Sarah Mulcairn, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the Sporting Weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM.
0: Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the Sporting Weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio,
11: live online, this is the locker room on Jaw 99.7
7: FM with George Ardu Jr. Football will dominate the approaching sporting weekend with special games later across the globe. In Spain, Real Madrid clash with Sevilla. The Borussia Dortmund Frankfurt fixture leads the pack in Germany. In Italy, a season-defining game between second place Inter Milan and third place Lazio, with the points separating them will attract many eyeballs.
5: Sneaks in for Sino! It's barely believable. A team suddenly bristling with confidence. Oh! down. 3-2 up. And now Moses. And Lukaku seals it. Nailed on victory for Inter now.
7: In England, Manchester United make a trip to Chelsea, Stamford Bridge, and Monday night in what's expected to be a massive grudge match.
11: Great run through James. James pulls it across. Oh, Rashford was coming in. Little deflection shoot. Took it away from him. McTominay. McTominay. Oh, what a goal. What a goal. He will never hit a better shot than that for Manchester United. Top. The ball is brought forward by Pulisic. Now hooks in the die. And
1: now
12: Alonso scores. Marcus Alonso finds the breakthrough for Chelsea. Struck
7: well and true from the angle. Chelsea looks to adventure 4 0 driving at Old Trafford early on the season. Liverpool play Norwich. Aston Villa play Spurs. We have a full preview of all games to come this weekend. Also coming out. The
5: West were playing well. Every department of the ball, the game was very well. They were playing to their to their instructions. I don't see why I, I should change. And I think we work on it. We are still on it and it, it, it will come. Yeah, it's very
4: unfortunate that we go away to win this match against Confessor. hopefully
13: to play good football, to win at home, and unfortunate for us we lose. I think we have to go back and correct our mistakes because one mistake. It's letting us down since commencé, so I think we are doing everything to achieve something.
7: Ghana Premier League match day 10 is on the horizon. As Shanti Derby leads the pack of games at the Baba Yara Sports Stadium. League leaders, the general stars, are on the road against Liberty professionals here at Accra. Accra, of are at home and play against the Chip United. We have a special preview ahead. Head to our Facebook page, joy slash 99.7, our WhatsApp line 244 340437 or Twitter us at JoySportsGH And reacting to our questions of the day. We'll be in Doha to preview the CAF Super Cup final between, between Esperanza and Zamalek and we monitor the outdoor ATP qualification to the Chile Open. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Ades Jr., and welcome to Preview Friday.
11: Chelsea, and the usual suspect is never suspicious in the wildest dreams of The way for Champions League excitement continues on your Station Joy 99.7 FM in partnership with TSTV and Super Sports as the competition knockout stages get underway. The new chapter begins with southern day equation of how 16 will become 8 from 18 February through to 18th of March 2020. Emotions have been running high. The excitement levels will stay high when the knockout phase begins. So, will Paris Saint-Germain prove doubters wrong when they face Dortmund's Yellow Wall? Thomas Partes Atletico Madrid have a date with Jürgen clubs on Flinch and Red army. Jose Moreno leads the Lily White against Germany's ragged RB Leipzig. Will Zizu's Madrid have enough to prevent Pep from clinching the Ultimate? And who knows what Atlanta, Valencia, Juventus and Lyon have to offer. Joy Sports Super Commentary Team led by George Adel Jr. and Gary Ausman will take you there with passionate game description with massive interactivity. Hashtag Joy Round of 16 begins on 18th of February. We'll build up at 7.30 p.m. after Champions League preview show. The coverage of Joy UCL is powered by Joy Sports, partnered by DSTV and Super Sports. So
7: much more. Let's go. The final whistle.
0: Live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room with George Allow
7: Jr. This is the sound of Preview Friday. Hello and welcome to the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. And as you know, you can send us your WhatsApp messages on our WhatsApp line 244 Again, you can tweet at us at JoySportsGH. Quite a lot to go through, but we we'll start with Formula One this afternoon. And during the week, we we're hit with the news that the Chinese Grand Prix has been postponed as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. Now, the FIA from the once-governing body had accepted a request from Chinese organisers to postpone the Shanghai race due to take place on 19th April 2020. In a statement, it added all parties will take the appropriate amount of time to discuss potential new dates. Now, the decision has been made to definitely ensure the health and safety of drivers, staff and fans. It appears the coronavirus could possibly affect even more events to be hosted in asia so what happens to the initial planned 22 race formula one season with less than a month to go joining me with some analysis is the bbc's formula one commentator jack nichols thanks jack for your time this afternoon uh despite the shock being expressed the news was imminent wasn't it
10: i think as you alluded to with all the various events being cancelled in China it was pretty much an inevitability you think of the Indoor World Athletics Championships quite a high profile one there was meant to be a a motor race there in a couple of months time in the Formula E Championship down in the southeast of the country on Hainan Island and that has been postponed in inverted commas as well so I think the thought of sending 2000 people out to China and then back home and then to another four countries in the next two months
7: didn't seem like a very sensible one, really. Well, Jack, last week from the one managing director, Ross Brown, said China's a great market. So we like to have a race there. We'll try to find a window of when the race is likely to happen towards the end of the year. But truly, how difficult is that going to be at the moment when you consider how tight the race calendar is? I don't want to say impossible, but it's pretty impossible when you look at it, because the uh,
10: this is the biggest calendar Formula One has ever had. 22 races from the middle of March to the end of November. And there's just no leeway or, or wriggle room. You know, if, if let's say the you can go back to China come September or October, then already you're going to have four or five race weekends back to back if you try and wedge it in there. That would need agreement from the teams, but the teams won't want to do four or five weekends back to back. Despite wanting a race in uh, the biggest car market in the world, they can't almost physically do that. So I think this postponement is inevitably going to, to lead to a cancellation. So then, what are the huge financial ramifications? Well, it's interesting that there's been quite a delay in this coming. And I think one of the key things that, that you said there was that the FIA released a statement saying it had accepted a request from Chinese organizers to postpone it. So I think it's the, it's the Chinese organizers and promoters that will bear the brunt of the financial ramifications and that's why Formula One have not cancelled it because then you know they, they don't want to be the ones to cancel it it was almost like a, um, uh, a standoff as to who would actually uh, cancel the event so I think it'll affect the Chinese organisers, I don't think it will affect Formula One and and the teams in too big a way because there's still 21 at the Grand Prix as a, as a proportion of the season this is a fairly small incident Well, Jack, just
7: before you leave me, the Vietnamese Grand Prix is scheduled to take place in early April. That circuit is not too far from the Chinese border. Is that race under threat as well?
10: We're getting to the point now with Corona where could any race be under threat? You know, the first Grand Prix is in in Melbourne on the, the 15th, 16th of March. And a lot of people are flying there through hong kong on british airways or through malaysian airlines down through Kuala lumpur all of these sort of southeast asia regions that are that are starting to become more and more affected as for vietnam the hanoi where the grand prix is going to be is only 100 miles as you say from the chinese border but there's only been 15 cases at the moment of of coronavirus in hong kong So does, you know, if you're getting up to numbers around 15 and thinking maybe it should be cancelled, well, then is the British Grand Prix going to be cancelled in July? You know, it's such a moving target that there's been nothing official said about Vietnam, but the questions will no doubt be
7: raised. Thank you very much for your time. The BBC's Formula One commentator and senior reporter, Jack Nichols. No problem. Live on radio, live online,
0: this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr.
2: The playing well.
5: Every department of the ball, the game was very well. They were playing to their, to their instructions. I don't see why I should change. And I think we we'll work on it. We are still on it. And it, it,
4: it will come. Yeah, it's very unfortunate that we go away to win this match against
13: Kymfesa. Hopefully to play good football, to win at home. And unfortunate for us, we lose. I think we have to go back and correct our mistakes because one mistake is letting us down since Kumasi. So I think we have doing everything to achieve
7: something. So the Ghana Premier League next on the locker room on Joy ninety nine point seven FM and the Ashanti Derby headlines match day ten fixtures across centers. Giants of Santa Cotico face the noisy neighbours Ashanti Gold at the Baba Yara Stadium. Rivals Hearts of Oak have a battle on against Kingsway United and the Frontline Charge. At Brickham Chelsea, Mediamia FC and Adriano Stars will all be looking to grab points at the weekend. Joining me now with a full preview to the approaching match days, is my colleague Benedict Owusu and of course Benedict absolute delight to have you back in the studio it's been a week that has singled out Inter-Allies winger, Victoria Nadevaya for praise. 8 goals in as many games 4 MVPs and 3 assists very deserving of that though does this continue especially against a tough team like Brickham Chelsea at the weekend Yes,
13: George, that was an amazing story. I mean, you told about Victoriano at the bar. He deserves uh, everything that happened to him this week. I mean, the performances week in, week out, has been great scoring. uh, Eight goals uh, from eight games it's not a mean achievement. It's one that we have to celebrate him. I mean, we have to do some of these things to motivate some of these players uh, to always go out there uh, on a pitch and give their best. So, uh, that was a great job he did. uh, Kudos. I think that this will definitely motivate him or also motivate other players around him as well as other clubs. I mean, when when you're doing well, when when things are going well for you, when you're scoring week in, week out, when you're playing very well, the attention automatically will be on you and uh, stories of this nature will be told. I mean, as we've taken it upon ourselves to project our players, I think that this will not be uh, the last of it Uh, we definitely will do more so once again I want to uh, congratulate you for a very wonderful story you told about Victoria and Adebayo and uh, you know with with respect to the game I think that yes of course uh, Adebayo still remains a threat uh, to all teams uh, playing against a tough uh, Bukum Chelsea a a team that uh, after match day 5 had not lost any game uh, with with a very solid uh, centre back of uh, Ahmed Adams and uh, Zakaria Fuseli I think that now Uh, Some clubs have been able to break the code. Uh, They lost uh, their 3-1. It won't really come to me as a surprise if inter uh, should get something out of this game and uh, Victoriano Adebayo should get a goal. Uh, Yes, because he is one guy who... I mean, the little I've seen of him this season, if you give him that chance, that little space, he will punish you. I believe in the solid defence of Brooklyn Chelsea, as well as said, uh, they are a wonderful goalkeeper, than Lad Ibrahim. But a Victorian Adebayo, if he gets uh, the chances that he's been getting in other games, definitely will make use of it. So I will not entirely rule out it entire lines. I think that they can get something out of this game against Brooklyn Chelsea.
7: Well, Ben, the Ashanti Derby will capture the imaginations of fans and managers alike with Kumasi Asante Kotokwa, the foot of a short run that could see them claim the top spot. I know there is Ashko to come first. How daunting is that task for coach Max Okunedu and his boys? Let's first uh, talk about Ashanti Gold. Uh, Their
13: coach, that's uh, Kasim Gokul, had this issue about his uh, license and the FA uh, saying he's not fit to, you know, coach the side per the club licensing rule. And days after, or a day after, he emerged that uh, he has a UEFI license, A, which qualifies him uh, to sit on the bench of Ashanti Gold. The FA is yet to rectify or is yet to come out and see whether those uh, papers we saw on the internet are legitimate. And that, uh, of course, uh, gives him uh, the opportunity or gives him the, uh, the chance uh, to sit on the bench of Ashanti Gold. That is yet to be determined. But, I mean... If if that's anything to go by, if you're a player or if you're a team, and you have your coach going back and forth in the media with his license, I'm sure definitely will have a toll on your preparations. Uh, psychologically, it, it may affect uh, some of the players or even the entire team because uh, you'll be trying to deal uh, with this. That's where that that's when you need a, a, a good psychologist in everything uh, to cite the players up and to let them know that yes, if the coach is going through something and is out there, it, hadn't, it has nothing to do uh, with what you have to put on. On, on the pitch, so uh, I, I hope and believe that uh, they have that person in the team who, of course, uh, has been psyching the players. But aside that, uh, they, they have a very solid team. I watched their last game at the Accra Stadium against of Folk, what a performance they put up. Uh McCarthy, uh, Pierre McCarthy, one undirected player in the local scene. I think that he's one of the best in the country currently. Now, when it comes to Medford, uh Shafiu is not around, so they've had to, you know, struggle for goals. But I think they have a very good team in all and it's a team that uh, with everything that's been going on at, at Antetokou that finally uh, they, they managed to bounce back to winning ways after they are back to back to draw beating Dreams FC away, coming back to the Barbaro Stadium where they will have the fans back after serving their three-home match ban. I-, I think that it's set up for a very wonderful game. Normally when these two teams meet, it's always a different ball game together. The last time that I watched uh, this derby uh, was uh, during CK Akono's time, which was even the friendly. Ashanti Gold uh, drew 1-1 with Asante Kodoko. And after that game, if I'm to pick a favourite for this game, I definitely will go for Asante Kodoko. The fact that they are playing at home
7: Ben, Champions, at Stars, are way to Liberty Professionals. And Midyama face Elmina Sharks. How tricky do these ties get? Yes, Champions and Leaders, at
13: Stars, are way to Liberty Professionals at the Danseman Karindoff Park. Remember, Liberty are coming back uh, after, you know, reapplying to use the Danseman Karindoff Park. They played their last home game away uh, at Dreams, uh, which they lost and. In- I think playing at the uh, Karindoff Park uh, offers them the opportunity you know, to have the spirits. Uh, O'Clue is doing a fantastic job. They go away and grind. Uh, impressive results. Yes, that will count for Indiana Stars, uh, W. Otando and the boys always, as always, poised to get something out of their games. But I think that the fact that Liberty are coming back to the Karindoff Park, uh, which they, they were banned from playing their home matches... And this happened to be the very first game they are playing. I think that sort of motivated them going into this game to get something out uh, for the many fans that will, will turn up at the Karindov Park as well as uh, the, uh, the people in Dansman, which, of course, uh, you know, we are all part of. For Mediama SC and Elmina Sharks, uh, both teams uh, drew their last games and it offers Mediama the chance uh, to return to winning with, uh, with the fact that they are playing at home at their uh, compound, Samo Boudou, who's been doing... Yes, Omina Sharks. The last away result and performance that I saw, which was very encouraging, was against uh, Interllys, which they won by four goals to three. Aside that, I've not really seen them, you know, go away and put up that impressive showing. I'll stick my neck out for Midima SC to win this game.
7: So let's end on the hearts Harzburg notes. They've scored just a goal the last three games. Clearly profligacy in front of goal has been an issue and they know time is running out uh, just to try and improve their season standards they need to scale the bichem heddle at the crossbow stadium how easy is this
13: not a very good record for aqua of folk i mean playing three games and scoring just a goal with all the ball possession the chances that they create that doesn't speak well of them if, if they really want to go ahead and win the league as uh, some of their uh, top guys have said then they have to make their chances count. They have to get in the goals and get the points. But as, as it stands now, draw, draw cannot take you there. So, it's very, very tricky for them. The likes of Kofi Koji, the likes of, Kufikugi, the likes of uh, Esso, you know, and Ansabuchi must step up. And when they create their chances, they make it work. Yeah, they are playing beautiful football. They are playing so well. It's always a delight watching how to folk in this season's league. But the problem means putting the ball in the net. I think that if they're able to rectify that uh, against uh, a, a, a team like Becham United can uh, you know turn things around once again yeah they started on a very patchy note then started winning and uh, then now it's draw 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 I think that yeah uh, playing against Becham United they have to try and get something out of this game Beacham United themselves remember they beat uh, Bukum Chelsea so yeah, they, they are very confident uh, playing against teams like Hart of Folk knowing very well that yes Heart of Folk lost to Bukum Chelsea that also sort of motivates uh, Beacham United coming into this game so I think that it will be a yeah, difficult game it won't be easy for both teams a crowd to four would have to fight and fight real hard uh, to get a win and i think between united their, their best there uh, will be a draw i definitely i uh, will stick my neck out for for that's only if they're able to avert what's been their norm in their last two games of not scoring
7: thanks benedict for your time on the show and we look forward to the valentine game tonight where legon city is up against great olympics at the crossbow Stadium. And elsewhere, we've got 11 Wonders in Tachiman up against King Faisal. So let's stay on the continent. And reigning CAF champions, Esperance, will be looking to lift the CAF Super Cup for the first time since 1995, when they face off against Egyptian side Zamalek tonight. Having lost the final last season to Roger Casablanca, Moin Chabani's men will be targeting glory in Doha. Esperance is in a purple patch, having lifted back-to-back CAF Champions League titles, along with domestic dominance, and are set for a fourth consecutive domestic title. And come off the back. Of a fifth place finish at the FIFA Club World Cup, which they played in in the Qatari capital. So let's get a bit of analysis ahead of the game. An African football expert, Nuhu Adams, joins me on the line. As always, thank you, Nuhu, for your time. The CAF Super Cup is in Doha. Sounded distant months ago, but reality now. What are the prospects for African football?
4: Well, George, many people didn't like the idea of CAF um, hosting the super cup outside africa for that matter in Qatar. but last year was very very positive because attendance was very very impressive because my tickets were sold out this year four days to match day and tickets were sold out as well so that's that's very very positive for Calf, um hosting the super cup outside africa at the moment we have very less negatives i'm um, going into the game so that's um very very positive and I think one thing that is working for CAF is that they've been very, very fortunate. The Super Cup last year where was involving two North African teams this year, two North African teams. And we know um, Qatar is, is a place um, most of these North Africans are staying and working there. So I think that's a very good opportunity for them to be watching their teams play in the CAF Super Cup in Qatar. So that's one thing that is working for CAF until we get two sub-Saharan African clubs playing in the CAF Super Cup. I think um, for now, it's, it, it looks very, very positive. We can only judge when we have teams like Asak Mimosa playing and now in the Super Cup. That's where we, we will see if CAF will be able to um, sell out my tickets or get that impressive one. attendance they got last year and they will be getting this year. So I think for, for the moment it's, it's very, very
7: positive and we must praise CAF for that. Well, we hope that things work out and we have a massive spectacle tonight. But to the on-the-pitch issues and tradition giant Esperanza are widely considered the best side in Africa and have plenty of quality to call upon for the final. Is there
4: any stopping them now? I think Esperanza in the last two years have been very, very outstanding. They've been very, very impressive because they've been winning the Calf Champions League back-to-back, um, very difficult to lose um, in the Calf Champions League. They've lost only once in the last 20 one games in the Calf Champions League and Zamalek on the other side, yes, even though they won the Calf Confederation Cup, um, their performance in the Calf Champions League this season have been roller coaster. They win, one, they draw, they lose. So it doesn't look too good for Zamalek. But I think one thing that is going to work for them is that Esperance are not having history in the Calf Super Cup. This is going to be the fifth, fifth Calf Super Cup appearance for Esperance. In the previous four, they've lost three and manage w- one win. That's that's quite a bad run for Cal, um, as as in the Calf Super Cup. Zamalek, on the other hand, this is going to be their fifth appearance in the CAF Super Cup. The previous four, they, they, they've won three and lost only once. That's quite positive on the, on the part of Zamalek. The game is going to be very, very difficult. Um, if you look at the two coaches, they, they will be meeting for the fourth time in about three years or in about two seasons because um, when Patrice Cattron currently coach of Zamalik was in charge of El Ali he met Esperance Tunis with Mouane Shabani being the coach in the Calf Champions League final in 2018 Ali won I think 3-1 in Cairo but Esperance and Mouane Shabani were able to overturn the scoreline recording 3-0 in the second leg to win the Calf Champions League but a year later or some months later that was last year Patrice Catron who got a, a revenge over Shabani leading Real Casablanca to beat Esperance in the Cup Super Cup. So um, the two coaches also know themselves very very well, and that's going to play huge part in this game. I think on paper Esperance look pretty for for this one, but I, I think it's going to be very very close to go up. I think Zamalek, if they are able to do one or two things right in the game, I think they, they can win it. But I think Esperance are favorite, They have the advantage. Right, Nuhul, who is likely to play where and what are your predicted lineups? Esperance, for team the Tunis, is going to keep the post for them. Samed Dabali will be at right-back. Elias Shetty at left-back. The two central defensive pair is going to be Khalil Shamam, who is the captain. And Shamsedin Dawadi, who is replacing Abdul Kader Bedran, who um, got injured before they travel to Qatar. In midfield, it is going to be said Kulibali, Kwami Bonsu, Abdul Rav Bengui. In attack, Abdul Rahman Meziani will be playing from the right wing, Hamdu Elhouni from the left wing, and Ibrahim Watara will be the number nine. Uh, for Zamalik, Mohamed Awad. Is going to be imposed post Haz- Hazem Imam, who is the captain, will be playing at the right back position. Mohamed Abdul Shafi will be operating from the left back. The two central defensive pair is going to be Mahmoud Allah and Mahmoud Elwanch. In middle, we are going to have Tariq Ahmed, Feriani Sassi, Youssef Obama, and in attack, Ashraf Benshaki on the on the right wing. On the left, we are going to have Mohamed Unajem and Mustafa Mohamed as the main striker. So, it looks like the two teams are going in for a four-three-three formation.
7: Nuhu Adams, African football expert, will be closely monitoring this game. Thank you very much for your time on the show. Remember, you can send us your messages on our WhatsApp line 0244-340-437. And again, you can uh, send us uh, as well on our Facebook account. You can also tweet
2: us.
7: the joy sports g8 more to come here on the show so it's now time to get into the joy sports bbc two-way series i had a great chat with the bbc's john bennett and we touched on a few issues even though some of the teams are on the winter break there are still great games to look forward to enjoy this and there's more to come on the show John, for a time this weekend, and let's start with Frank Lampard's first signing as Chelsea boss. Lampard was clearly frustrated with the lack of signing in the winter transfer window, but he has Hakim Ziyech, who will join in the summer. How good a signing is this for Chelsea?
12: Terrific signing. Hakim Ziyech, for me, was probably the underrated player from the run to the Champions League semifinals last season for Ajax. He's had another really good campaign. He was frustrated, I think, that he didn't leave in the summer transfer window. And but but he didn't show that on the pitch. I thought his performances were excellent. I was shocked that no one came in for him during the summer transfer window. Brilliant player, um, can can beat, beat players. Brilliant final ball, wander of a left foot. Brilliant sh- shooting from long range. He's not on Eden Hazard's level, so I don't think Chelsea fans should expect a direct replacement for Eden Hazard. But he is a player who can help them to break teams down. And as you know, George, that's been the problem for Chelsea. They found it very difficult to break teams down that defend deep. Now they haven't got Eden Hazard. They haven't got that bit of magic to make things happen when teams are defending really deep. The one frustration I would have, and you probably have it as well, is that they haven't made this signing in January. Why didn't they bring him in so he could play for the rest of the season? There's so much to play for. For Chelsea. I think they could have got the deal done. I think he wanted to leave. I think Ajax would have let him go for the right amount of money. So it is frustrating that now Chelsea fans have to wait to see Hakim Ziyech in a Chelsea shirt until next season.
7: So John, the news should be a massive boost for Chelsea who are up against Manchester United at the Stamford Bridge on Monday. Where will this game be won or lost and how important will these points on offer affect the top four race? It'll be won and lost as to
12: whether Manchester United can play their natural counter-attacking game because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has turned them into a a counter-attacking team effectively, and whether Manchester United can find the back of the net. Odiano Gallo, will he start? Will he be on the bench? I suspect he'll probably be on the bench. Uh, He's a type of player, I know there's been a lot of negativity about his signing, but he's the type of player, he could get on a roll. You saw it yourself, George, at the Africa Cup of Nations. If he starts a tournament well or starts a season well, starts a new spell at a club well he can really go on a roll we saw that a a few years ago 2015-16 season with Watford type of striker who goes on runs uh, of goal scoring so if if he gets a a goal in his first game when his first chance is, is presented to him then it could turn out to be a really intelligent signing by Manchester United. Listen, I have my doubts too. I'm a slightly biased because I think Odiano Gallo's is a great guy. I've interviewed him many times, but I would question Manchester United's recruitment. Having said that, it could turn out to be uh, an, an interesting signing and a successful signing. Chelsea start as favourites because they are at Stamford Bridge, but we know they've struggled there at times this season. So it's a real
7: opportunity for Manchester United to make a statement after this winter break. John, is worth mentioning Everton and the kind of job Carlo Ancelotti has done so far. It's a long way out, but the likes of Everton, Sheffield and Wolverhampton Wanderers seem to be really pushing for the final top four slots.
12: That's true. He's done a wonderful job, Carlo Ancelotti, at Everton so far. I think we have to give Duncan Ferguson credit as well because he came in as the interim boss and turned things around off the pitch and on the pitch, gave them a bit more confidence. And Carl Anciotti has, has followed that through. I was at an Everton game a few weeks ago. It was a, a win against Brighton, and he just he, he's got his personality. Just exudes a bit of calmness. Um, it exudes that 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 um, personality, which means that players follow him. He's got that authority. And he, the, the one thing I would say about Everton is yes, they've been in great form, but their next few fixtures are rotten. They've got Arsenal uh, coming up. Next, Then they've got Manchester United. Then they've got Chelsea. Then they've got Liverpool. And it gets slightly easier then they play Norwich. But then they've got Leicester and Tottenham. So some very tough fixtures coming up. So I'm glad that Carlo Ancelotti has got points in the bank and goodwill in the bank because the next few games are very, very difficult for Everton.
7: Easy to measure the progress of these teams, Sean, but extremely difficult. To do same for Arteta's Arsenal. How much progress have the Gunners made, if any? And how daunted is the task against Newcastle this weekend?
12: Tough game. Newcastle uh, are a team that frustrate me. They don't create many chances. They don't play great football. It's an opportunity for Newcastle for, for Arsenal really to, to get a victory. Too many draws. What is it? Four draws in their last five games for Arsenal. We've seen glimpses of what Mikel Arteta is trying to do, but but it's not translating in, into victories. He needs a pre-season. He needs to get them to the summer. Unscathed. I don't think it will be the end of the world, really, if they didn't qualify for the Europa League. I think next season it would give Mikel Arteta a chance to really start from scratch, start from fresh, start afresh, and begin to get his style across to the players with a, with a bit more time for some coaching between games. They've got a Europa League game coming up against Olympiacos. That will be important, I think, this season for Arsenal to get things right in the Europa League. That's another opportunity to qualify for the Champions League. But in terms of how they're getting on under Michael Arteta, lots of question marks. They're not losing, but they're drawing too many games.
7: Finally, John, which special stories would you be following in the remainder of the games this weekend?
12: Yeah, despite the fact it's only half of the team's playing, there are some good stories, particularly in the, the key games in the relegation battle and the race for the top four. You've got Aston Villa, desperate for points, going into the game against Tottenham, who, who need a win to keep their Champions League qualification hopes alive. Arsenal and Newcastle, who would have guessed that they'd be level on points at this stage of the season? Their game at the Emirates Stadium will be, will be a fascinating one to watch. If Arsenal lose that game, then... <laughs> no, not pressure on Mikol Arteta because he's just come in, but uh, there'll be a lot of negativity around the Emirates Stadium. Southampton take on Burnley, not the most glamorous of fixtures, but both sides very close to confirming Premier League safety. And Liverpool, what more can you say about them? they could end the the weekend a massive 25 points clear at the top of the Premier League table, and you'd expect them to beat bottom of the table Norwich City. So it's looking as if Liverpool will be crowned champions in a month's time. We all know they're going to win the title, but mathematically, I think it's uh, mid-March when they'll be crowned mathematically as champions for
7: this season, which is remarkable. Now just about the time to hear from Joy Sports' Moses Yabua as we look forward to the big games to come. Inter Milan up against Lassio, a game that will surely define what happens on the Serie A table. Well, Juventus will be hoping to find themselves away as they try to pick up the points. Well, Moses Yeboah has the wrap of the big games to expect this weekend.
11: In the Italian Serie A, Inter Milan will travel to the Stadio Olimpico in Rome where they will face Lazio. This is a vital match for both teams as the winner has the potential to end the weekend in top spot on the ladder. Inter are top on 54 points with Lazio third on 53. Juventus who occupy second spot take on Brescia. Napoli travel to Cagliari. Fresh off their morale boosting 4-1 victory away to Osasuna, Real Madrid would return to the Santiago Bernabeu this weekend as they host Celta Vigo in a matchday 24 fixture. The capital side currently sit top of the pile and would want a victory to consolidate their three-point advantage at the summit. High on their heels Barcelona are at home against Hetafe, but later tonight it's Valencia versus Atletico Madrid. Borussia Dortmund host an informed Antoine Frankfurt side on Friday night as they look to get their Bundesliga title challenge back on track after the defeat at Bayer Leverkusen last Saturday. The stalemate between Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig a day later, however, means that Dortmund are still just four points off top sport. Champions Bayern Munich travel to Cologne and RB Leipzig hosts Werder Bremen. Elsewhere, French champions Paris Saint-Germain play away to Amiens and in the English Premier League, almost champions elect Liverpool play away to Norwich City. Aston Villa host Spurs and Arsenal
0: take on Newcastle. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker
7: Room with George Addo Jr., So, we know Chelsea have reached an agreement with Ajax to sign the Dutch club's winger, Hakim Ziyech, this summer. Ajax have confirmed they have accepted a fee of around €40 million, potentially rising to €44 million, with a move subject to Ziyech agreeing personal terms. Lampard's apparent frustration with a lack of new arrivals is understood to have stemmed from the clubs, refusing to sell rather than any problems with Chelsea's recruitment strategy. So, is this the man Chelsea have long been waiting for?
0: zie daar is de 6-0 en nu dus in de dubbele
7: cijfers Hakim de hakim ziet helemaal vrij
5: daar hakim Ziér, hakim daar is de 6-0 en
7: nu dus so would the be a miss or a hit. So joining me in studio to do the discussion, Oreco and and Baylishan. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Fantastic, George. Yeah, let me start with your Reko and I don't know if Chelsea fans would be crying or laughing at this. The truth is, there's a lack of goals with Chelsea and they need to solve it. That's to bring.
8: I think he's an incredible player, and over the past few years we've seen how consistent he's been. Uh, not just for Ajax but throughout, you know, the whole Eredivisie. Uh, you know, he started playing there in 2012, uh, playing for Heravine, and then he moved to 20 and then Ajax. In that period, he did manage to contribute to about 166 goals and, uh, you know, nudging around, I think about 79 goals or so. So, he's proven in terms of, uh, you know, getting those numbers and uh, that is one thing that's lacking at Chelsea right now. You take away Tammy Abraham... And, uh, the next top top goal scorer probably Pulisic, who's injured, and then Mason Mounds, who's been a bit slow in terms of getting those numbers up. So, I think there's a good deal, and, uh, bringing, he's gonna bring experience onto the table. I think that he's played at a top level for a while. He was starting to get extremely comfortable at Ajax, and this was definitely the next big move for him. I think, He's not going to come in with a lot of pressure Just 33 million pounds Which could rise to 36 It's not a big fee That would put him in the limelight In terms of the English media So I think that It would be a calm move for him he has a good left foot, he can play as a right winger, as a central attacking midfielder, so he would also bring that versatility on board. But they do have a fantastic player. He also is very good with set pieces as well. So he has a law in his locker. They call him the magician. He may not be able to use his one to solve all of Chelsea's problems, but I think that's a big step in terms of uh, you know, the, the the big overhaul that Chelsea are expected to have this
7: summer. Well I'm sure I'm glad about looking at getting some more players but we've also seen zia have put off days, like in the africa cup of nations
9: yeah yeah in the africa cup of nations he was shocking actually for morocco i remember in the round of 16 he got a penalty at the very last second the last kick of the game and he missed it he hit it against the post and that is something that he has to work on maybe it was a one-off uh, because it's afcon even a lot of players didn't perform well but when they come to the European stage of course when he came back to the European stage in the Champions League especially we saw what exactly he did to Chelsea on, on, on the Champions League stage scoring a beautiful beautiful goal against them and playing fantastic football that is what he will bring he brings chance creation he's created a lot of chances for Ajax since he stepped foot in Ajax in 2016 he's managed 421 chances that is something that you can something that brings some memories of hazard into into the phrase someone who can create a lot of chances for the strikers to score of course chelsea have been missing the chances but with someone who can bring even more chances there's more likelihood of chelsea being able to score more goals
7: you know what guys i you made you made mention of hazard and that's why we'll get into it i think all of this is trying to solve the gap right now that it looks like the chelsea team have got problems. We'll talk about the approach play shortly, but Riku, does this look like a replacement? Because there have been disappointments already. Is the actual getting anywhere close to that?
8: Well, I think that if your cup is too big to fill, what you do is that you fill it in stages. And uh, they, Chelsea may not get uh, the next Eden Hazard, but what they can do is create a style of play that allows the whole collective to contribute to the, t- the team's success. And I think that the beginning of the season, they did have that and uh, that's what they'll be looking to with this ZH addition I think that Pulisic is just definitely going to take time and he had a very good start to his Chelsea career unfortunately that was blighted by injuries and I think that uh, he would come good and you know what, what Chelsea are doing is trying to build a long term plan and probably not make that mistake of over relying on one player again and uh, if they are able to land at least half of their summer targets, I think that they would have a good team. You have your ZH coming in from your right, and it could be a Sancho or a Pulisic, uh, you know, joining up. I've, I've also had talks of Jeremy Boga and all that. So what they're trying to do is get at least three, four match winners in the squad. And I think that with that, they would be uh, able to challenge on that front. In terms of having what it takes to replace in Hazard I think he's similar in terms of uh, you know the fact that he takes a lot of risk on the ball and that's what these creative players do if you check out his statistics from the Eredivisie he usually loses the ball over 20 times in the game and uh the big question is as to whether Chelsea fans would be cool with that Because we've seen William try that a couple of times What makes them different is that they take risks And when it's not working, it's just not working So he sometimes have bad days, uh, you know, on the pitch uh, But knowing Chelsea and knowing how the fans and the whole environment is It's not going to be that easy, you know, to play his game So it's a tricky one for Ziyech I think he may be good, but the environment and the team would play a key role in that
7: so certainly there's got to be a test for him and the targets do not change anyway for Lampard I have to remind our listeners that for all this talk it's about something that will happen in the summer so pretty much there's a lot of work to be done with Bayern Munich uh, you know just right on the horizon there's also the Chelsea Manchester United game on Monday which could prove pivotal anyway in how you look at it so let's draw that in on what Lampard really needs to do and talk about the approach play of Chelsea at this point of the season the lack of goals for Chelsea is it lack of personnel or the style
9: well I think it's a mixture of both sometimes the personnel themselves do not have off days. tammy abraham for example there there, there have been some matches where chances have been created on the platter for him to finish but he just doesn't add the finishing touch that is on his part and also the style of play sometimes lampard will rely on some players that won't give him much of that cutting edge like william william can dribble and all that but the cutting edge sometimes is lacking and that is something that he has to work on too as well but against Manchester United you need to kill them
7: off Lampard is always complaining about the boys walking the ball into the net and the boys failing to show up it feels like there's a gap between Lampard and what the boys are doing on the pitch
9: yeah yeah it feels that there is a gap but you know it's not all the players that can shoot from range if your complaint is about not walking the ball into the net that means you have to shoot from range Jorginho is not your type that can shoot from range Kovacic definitely doesn't do that a lot Kante That's even worse. And William, that guy will want to dribble from the wing and come inside. Tammy Abraham will like to shoot in the box. That is where he feeds on, in the box. So you have to get the kind of player that can shoot from range for you so you can be able to get the goal. So if you are complaining about not about the players walking the ball into into the net then you have to find solutions to that and the solution is to bring someone who can
7: shoot from range and that is what he has to bring Yeah but that's the problem here Rico, because the, the one who is likely to help the situation is not clearly going to be there for the remainder of the season and the targets I said again do not change what does Lampard do there? Well I think
8: the, the, the case of Lampard and Chelsea is a strange one uh, because when you throw your mind back to how the season started I think that they look like the team that could possibly challenge Liverpool and Man City in terms of uh, their style of playing you know, on the high-pressing, uh, quick-passing football. And uh, they didn't struggle to break down teams. Now, you fast-forward to, what, three, four months, and all of a sudden, all the zip and, you know, the, the, the interplay seems to have vanished into thin air. Now, this is what I think happened. I think that Lampard has has probably lost it in terms of his identity and what he wanted to achieve with this side. And he is is trying to keep everyone happy in the club at the expense of the performance of the team. Now, I say this because... When Kante was out, that midfield partnership of Jorginho and Kovacic worked so perfectly. I think that their best match was probably Etihad against Manchester City. And, you know, Tomori also playing at the back with Zuma. And these players are bound to make mistakes. They make a couple of mistakes. And then Frank Lampard reacts, changing the squad. If you look at last week, for instance, Caballero coming in instead of Kepa. The big question to Frank is that. What is Chelsea's style of play? What is Chelsea's best starting eleven? Does it have Willian? Does it not? Does Barkley come in? Does Kanté start? I think it's too much tinkering, and the players are—they're not—they're humans. They're not robots. They are getting confused as to what exactly is required from them because one week I'm in the starting eleven, another week I'm not. Kovacic was being hailed as Chelsea's best player this season. Now he's on the bench. So I think Lampard has to sit down, plan. In terms of his starting eleven, this is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to do. This is the style of football that I want to play. And I think they can achieve the results that they were getting. Remember, at at a certain point in the season, they were actually unbeaten before they did meet Liverpool. So this is a side that they do have in terms of quality. I think they can break down uh, quite a number of teams. And at the beginning of the season I did state that they're in a better position than Manchester United. I still believe and stand by that. I think that in terms of personnel quality on the pitch and even coaching prowess, Chelsea are way ahead of Manchester United. They're they nowhere close to that fourth position. They should be challenging Leicester for that test. But I think they have it. Uh, Lampard probably have to, has to make a few tweaks uh, to be able to get the best out of this team. But it's a good run of games coming, big games that I think that if they're able to get some good results, could boost the morale ahead of you know the business part of the season. Of course, quickly on the top four race, mm. I think it's a really, really huge race, uh, especially given uh, the the context that we have. That Chelsea face Manchester United. What you are forgetting is that there's a certain Sheffield United mm-hmm. who are just a couple of points behind Chelsea, mm-hmm. waiting for that result, mm-hmm. despite having a game in hand. Even if you go below that, Jose Moreno is also just four points behind Chelsea. And then we have Manchester United. And then Ancelotti's Everton, who've also all of a sudden come from nowhere, five points behind Chelsea. And if you even want to go lower, Wolves, who are six.
2: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.
8: behind Chelsea so these are about six teams fighting for just one spot and I think that that is one of the uh, races that a lot of people should look at uh there could be a wildcard Sheffield you know surprising everyone in but but yeah, I, I
7: didn't hear you mention Aston yeah I was about that but Aston clearly out of this really <laughs> That's not clearly out of the top four, is I think. They are
9: no. Uh, we 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 can we can bounce back. Okay, no right. I, I wanted the, yeah, the we. I got that.
7: I I wanted the Wii and I got that. Thank you very much, Felician, uh, <laughs> for joining me on the show. Thank you very much, Rekwan Popo.
0: Thanks for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. The podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service. Super Hits Radio. Joy 99.7
9: Celebrating 25 years of impactful journalism, hello, welcome here. The headline news at two coming up. Communications Ministry justifies shutdown of Radio Tong in the Volta region as it says the National Communications Authority had the right to close down the community radio station for promoting separatist agenda.
3: Robert Hood Financial L L C member S I P C